Thank you for visiting Open Life today. We're glad that you took time out of your busy week to join in with our service. If you're listening online or through the Open Life Church app, I need to point out two things for your benefit. The first is that we have our notes conveniently placed for you to follow along with the passages and points mentioned in the talk. The second thing I would like to point out is our connection card. If you fill this out while you are listening, it not only lets us know you visited us today, but also allows you to communicate any prayer requests you may have. We will be sure to take time to pray for them during the course of the week. If you are listening on iTunes, you can always visit us online or download the Open Life Church app to get in contact with us. Wherever or however you are with us today, we are glad that you are here. Now let's join today's talk. Today we're going to talk about the fear, the worry of money. And there's some interesting tools out there to just make our perspective of where we're at in life very, very, very vivid. Here's the latest. You hear the term a lot, but GoFundMe. Have you seen the different GoFundMe accounts out there? And usually when you hear it on the news or something, it's to help someone raise money to pay for medical bills. But if you go on the site for entertainment and just look at some of the GoFundMes that are on there, there's stuff on there like, I'm tired of being broke GoFundMe, right? Hey, just kind of help me out. I want to go out this weekend. So uh, GoFundMe. There's literally a GoFundMe lifestyle. Uh, I'm not willing to work a job that pays more. I want to work where I'm at, but get more money. So I need about $2,500 more a month to fund my lifestyle, please. GoFundMe, right? How many are ready to give to that charity? It's like, I'm going to reach deep for this right now. Um, uh, this is a good one. I, I, could, I could put this one up too, but uh, travel fund, GoFundMe. Uh, this person wants to be helped become more cultured. And so fund my travel around the world. <laughs> that's, that's sweet. I can see if it's a missions trip or something like that. You know, if you're going to go make a difference, build a house, change a village, but you just want to go sightseeing without vacation funds, right? So it's interesting where we're at as, as just a culture. We're funding the craziest things. And uh, the crazy thing is these guys get donations because somebody's like, yeah, that's hilarious. Beep. You know, and I'm just like, wow, you're enabling this guy. This is crazy. But we have a lot of fears, in all honesty, when we take a look at our, our financial stories. And we look at these and we go, man, I, I'm always running out. Or I, I, don't, I don't know where it's all going. How do I get to the end of the month and it's all gone. Have you ever done that? You're just looking and going, there's only what in the bank? How did this happen? Now, sometimes it's good stuff like, oh, they were double deducting for our auto payment. Okay, that's where it all went. Phew, that happened to us a couple months ago. We were like to the tune of more than $1,000. So we were just like, where did it all go? And then for that time that we decided to actually use envelopes for money and, and lost the $2,000 envelope. It was, it was not a good thing. Just actually found that a week ago. Anyway, so, so that's a good thing uh, when it shows up. And, uh, or maybe you, you've heard about job cuts or you've lost a job and you're just worrying because the current one that you're doing 
you're going to have to work two jobs to make the same income. It's those scenarios that just stress us out. We become worried. And really, we start to worry about things that are totally out of our control, that we have no power of. And that's not God's desire for us. He's not, it's not His desire that we would live in worry. Listen to the passage that we've been reading during the course of this series so far. Don't worry, Matthew 6, 31. Don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek the kingdom of God above all else. Live righteously, and He will give you everything you need. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Wow. It's challenging. Don't worry about any of this. God's got our needs. He has our back. The big idea for today is God gives us all we need. He gives us all we need. Need is a very important word in that line, right? Man, I remember living with roommates. I was a brand, brand new follower of Jesus. Like, I was still really in that season of kicking the tires of the faith. I don't know that uh, at, this, at this particular moment, yeah, I had. I had made a decision to follow Jesus. I was just but brand new in the faith, um, figuring out what, it, what all these things meant, what all these teachings were. Maybe some of you relate, or maybe you yet to choose to follow Jesus, or you just did, and you're, it's like these thoughts come from your reading or a sermon, and you're like, this is so contradictory to the way I live, you know? And you're just going, what do I do with this? And, and the, the Scripture's an equal opportunity offender. It'll challenge each of us in our own time, and each message has its own person it comes after. Well, I'm sitting in my, my room in the upstairs of this house in Green Lake that I was renting with a bunch of people from work, and and I was 21, and it was time to pay the rent, and it was time to pay the bills, and I had no money to do any of those. I'm looking at all of them, and I'm looking at the credit card debt. I'm looking at the fact that somebody stole my car and wrecked it, and so I just walked to the closest dealership and bought a car and didn't even, real, didn't even know to like try to get them down on the price. I was just ignorant about finances. So literally, I bought a car, financed it, walked off the lot, didn't even look for like a low percentage, didn't even, you know, I just was not smart in that realm. At the, at the, I, I, I didn't learn anything about finances at the time, so I was just sitting here making one bad choice, and this is before cell phones, bills, <laughs> internet, and all these other like hundreds and some dollars a month that come after people. I was just going backwards fast. I was $27,000 in debt. I was doing the math that's when I hear my roommates arguing about what they're going to do with me downstairs. And they come upstairs. I hear them walking up the stairs to confront me. I'm locked in my room, like pretending I'm not there, right? And when they knock on the door, Thad, we know you're home. Thad, we need the money for rent right now. We can't do this on our own. And I just began to weep. I just didn't know what to do. It felt like I was at the end. And I remember apologizing to them, and one of them was like, apologies, don't pay the bills. 
and they like walk down the stairs and I was like, okay, dad. It wasn't my dad, but I was just like, that's brutal. I go to church the next day and what do you think they're preaching on? Finances, right? And they're, they're talking about God's plan for us and, and, and I, all I remember is the action point at the end, honestly. I just remember the challenge was to surrender your finances to God. Like I don't even remember the steps of what that meant. I just remember the challenge was to surrender your finances to God. And I was like, well, if I don't have to carry the weight of this, I'm all about that, right? This is like the next option of just being out from under the weight. Well, so I was like, I surrender my finances to you, right? And, I, and then I learned what that meant over time. But that one action, that one choice changed the tra- trajectory of my financial stress. I could not believe it. I ended up, from that point forward, doing something the Bible teaches about. I'll read about it here in a second. But I started giving 10% of my income to the church. It made no sense because I was in such deep debt. But I just reorganized my finances and actually organized my finances because they weren't before and began to, in faith, give 10% to the church and literally like things turned around. And I'll tell us more of the story later. But thought number one is important for us to get on the table here. Pride is a terrible accountant. Pride is a terrible accountant. We can't keep up. You don't base your needs off of someone's Instagram feed or someone's Facebook trips and their vacations and their new cars or the meal they just had. Right? you got to get the right angle on the table. You know? Don't, and you're like, man, well, I have to go to that restaurant to, for a good date. Don't base a good date off the bachelorette or the bachelor. You can't afford those dates, right? Isn't that so true? You're like, man, the pressure's on. These shows are wrecking everything. The reality is God's promise here is he'll provide all of our needs. But we've really confused want and need. 2 Corinthians 9.8 says, God will generously provide all you need. Then you will always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. That's a great promise. Like that's one you could put on the mirror and after you're done saying, I like me. Then you can read that scripture just to encourage yourself. You all do that in the mirror, right? Anyway, I guess I really don't do that either. Uh, but pride is a terrible accountant, and we think our wants are our needs. Well, I need a new car. No, no, really, I, I need the bigger house. I need it now. I need a, clean, a house cleaner. I need to dry clean my clothes. I need that smart device. I really need the 4K 120 inch TV that I just read about on that tech blog. That really is one of those, can you imagine 120 inch TV? Anyway, uh, you know, so I need the top cable package. That right there alone could put you $27,000 in debt. I wanna cut that cable, but I just don't have the courage. I don't know why. I mean, we do, don't we? We're kinda like, well, I need that trip. I know I could go on vacation here, but 
how much more fun would it be? Seven wonders of the world. See, this is why every one of you should go on a missions trip. Because all of a sudden, you'll have a very vivid example of the impact of actual need versus want. And you'll see, oh, man, what the rest of the world goes without. I guess maybe a lot of what I'm living with are wants. And we call them needs. We're just living a very blessed life. We live in a blessed world. And when we're at our worst, we're really blessed compared to a lot of the world around us. It's like that reality check I love when you go on a missions trip. We've truly, truly mixed up want versus need. God promises to give us everything we need. We can't get mad at him and blame him when we can't pay off our credit card balance that we racked up due to wants versus needs. Well, where's God's faithfulness here? Because I'm living beyond my means and he's not providing for me, right? We just can't get mad at God for that because he's like, I, I promised you I'll provide for all your needs. What would happen if we replaced the word need with necessity? Interesting, huh? Just to think about that, what if I craft a list? What would happen if we made a list with necessities on one side and wants on the other? And then go, no, really, and make the list again. <laughs> you know? I think it's convicting to me because I am blessed with a lot of wants in my life that I know aren't needs. What makes the cut when all is said and done? And did God supply all of our needs? And when we realize he did, whoosh, our worship gets that much more lively. We're that much more grateful. That's what I love about approaching Thanksgiving here next month and just going, you have supplied all my needs. Wow, I'm in awe of you. God, you're faithful. Your word is true. God wants us to be free from the weight of trying to manage our finances ourselves, and really wants to supply all of our needs. Just give it over to him. It's our wants that get us in trouble, right? And oftentimes our wants are guided by pride. Appearance, we want to fit in, we want to have the same device, we want to have the same house, we want to have the same lawn, we want to have the same cleanliness, we want to have the same, you know, just all these things that exist around us. And pride not only gets us in trouble financially, it keeps us from getting out of trouble financially. Because on the flip side, due to pride, we neglect asking for help when we need it. And that's not just in finances. It's in our health. Can you pray for me to be healed? <laughs> can you help me? Can you, can you give me some guidance? We just, pride lets us try to battle through things ourselves, and, and I'm oversharing because it's okay to help us learn in the room today. But I want to share from Dana's and my personal story. Uh, we started Open Life in 2010, and uh, we were pioneering a church, right? We're starting this church called Open Life at the, the Regal Theater in, 
And it was really expensive to do church in the Regal Theater. And so our church, by October of 2010, we had a balance at one moment in the bank of 37 cents. We call it our 37 cent moment, where we realized, wow, we're living beyond our means as a church. We need to course correct yesterday. And so we made drastic shifts. We went without payroll as pastors for a course of quite a few months. And we didn't get involved in pioneering a church to make money. And so uh, we just didn't realize how much we wouldn't make money, right? It was a big risk. It was a step of faith. But in all of that, God still provided for our needs. But the reality check and the pride in the mirror came when we knew we needed help. Here we are, pastors. Like, we did this to ourselves. We started this church. We should have known that. I should have gone and got a job. I should have done. You know, there's all these questions. It's like, now we're in a position of needing help. Now we're in a position of qualifying for help. And our pride took a gut blow. We live in a great neighborhood. And here we are making a drastic choice. Like we're on the fence of, do we get foreclosed or are they going to modify? And if you own a home and you bought in 2006, you know what I'm talking about. And we're like going, we're going to, how do our kids stay in the same school? What do we do? Honestly, it was embarrassing to go to Puget Sound Energy and sit through the class just to get a few hundred dollars to help. And I remember my phone rang while I was there and I pulled out a smartphone and felt really stupid in the room. Like I shouldn't be here. I shouldn't be getting help. But yet that's who it's designed to help is somebody who's going through a rough patch, right? I remember how embarrassing it was to do big give and give away meals knowing that the school was going to offer our family meals. I remember how hard it was when my kids realized why they were getting free meals for lunch at school and came home and said, um, I thought it was because you were, <laughs> this is actually kind of funny, I thought it was because you were involved in the Chamber of Commerce and so you got some kind of deal, you know, that's for the school or, or maybe because you're a pastor. I was like, that's awesome. Nope. You know, it's like, well, dad, my, my daughters are sitting here, so they're feeling a little guilty right now. Uh, but they're like, Dad, you need to get a better job. Go make more money. Like, okay, girls, I'll put that on the list, right? I mean, you just, you felt, it, could you get any lower? Pride is a terrible accountant. And we just realized, hey, uh, we're at a place where we just need to embrace the assistance that's out there. This is a season, and God is going to get it through, us through it. And he did. But whew, that was not fun. And I think that God allowed us to go through a season like that. You get on this side of that season and you're going to relate to a lot more people in the world around us. But you know what's cool? We never went without a meal. Never lost our heat, hot water. Our, we did not lose our house. <laughs> you know, you just look at God really kept us in shelter. We were loved. We were able to have fun. We were able to still go on trips, on staycations. The generosity of people blew our mind at seasons where they had no idea what our need was. 
We just laid our pride down and watched God provide, and it's unbelievable. But honestly, we haven't partaken in a lot of wants that other people get to partake in. And we've not been able to partake in, like, most of the wants that our kids want to partake in because they just want everything. But anyway, you know, so there's that moment right there, you know, where you just have to go, reality check, what's a need, what's a want, and am I going to lay down pride so that I could be totally surrendered to God? We knew he wanted us to start a church, and we weren't going to go against that. You know what I'm saying? Pride's a horrible accountant. Thought two, margin is vital for living. Margin is vital for living. Margin brings balance to life. We're not stressed out all the time when we have margin. Space. We don't live to the edges. We don't plan 110% for the next year, right? We get stressed when we're trying to do more than what we have, go beyond our means. Psalm 23, 1 through 6. Listen to the comfort in this passage. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I'll not be afraid. You are close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect and comfort me. You prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessings. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Finding more is always through less. God isn't expecting us to give out of nothing. Margin takes planning. But when we leave margin in our life, that gives us an opportunity, and it's called generosity. When we have margin in our life, we can be inspired and do something about it versus just not even having time to give towards what the Lord shows us. If we don't have time margin then we won't be able to take time to serve someone. If we don't have financial margin, we won't have the opportunity to give towards something. If we don't have margin for our marriage, we'll talk more about this next week, then we'll be stressed because we're not spending time together. Account for what you have, evaluate your current reality, determine where you want to go, and make a plan. But here's the challenge. Leave God in this plan. Surrender to his way. Margin prepares you for generosity. Thought three, God has a plan for our finances. This is great to know. It's great to know that giving is not a financial transaction with God. It's a heart transaction. It's not a financial transaction. It's a heart transaction. Matthew 6.21 says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. God wants our heart, and he's going to help us surrender it through whatever circumstances may be necessary. You can't give your way back to intimacy with God, into a relationship with God. 
You can only choose to follow Jesus. You can't give so that he'll win you back. He loves you unconditionally right now. If I just give a bigger gift, maybe God will come through for me this week. There's no guarantee of a great tomorrow by writing a big check today. That's not what God's plan financially is. God's just after our heart and doesn't want anything to be Lord before him. He doesn't want anything to come prior to surrendering to him. Seek first the kingdom, our passage says today. Seek first the kingdom then, right? He wants us to go after him first. So what is God's plan financially? God's plan, as laid out from cover to cover, is that we would surrender first to him. Now, there's all kinds of interpretation as to what this means, but most land at the reality that this means give 10% first to God, and then 90% is yours to do whatever with. That 100% is less than 100%. It's with margin still. So the 100% of what you do receive as a gift from God in perspective, give 10% of that to God, leave the edges for the poor and needy, the margin, and 90% is yours. That's God's financial plan. Here's like one passage about it. We didn't want to teach you like all of these passages because it's about freeing you from worry today versus teaching you how to give. But let's do a moment. Malachi 3.10 says, bring all the tithes, so 10% or a tenth, another word for that is tithe, bring all the tithes into the storehouse so there will be enough food in my temple. If you do, says the Lord of heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you. I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it. Put me to the test. Your crops will be abundant, for I'll guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Then all nations will call you blessed, for your land will be such a delight, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Wow. This is saying, hey, give a tenth, And God's going to protect. God's going to even make it more abundant. He's going to bless. God isn't desiring a perfect step, but a step in the right direction. God measures the heart, not the gift. And that's confronted in the Gospels. That's confronted all over the place. It's like, you know, because the religious people would bring their 10% and go, here I am giving 10% adore me, right? And they would like make a big spectacle of their offering and and go back to their seat when some poor widow would make her way with just a mite, just a penny, 100% of all she has, and she would lay it at at the altar, and Jesus would say, that's the greater sacrifice. Yeah, it's only a penny, but it's all she has. Her heart. I have her heart. That's what God wants. He wants our heart. God's not saying stop paying child support and tithe. Let me be clear in that. God wants us to begin our way back to having enough margin to tithe without neglecting 
the life and commitments that we've made. And yeah, some of those commitments should change so that we could get in a right relationship with God. We have to start somewhere, do something, and do it first to honor God, put our heart in the right place. Because when our heart's in the right place, our worry subsides. And that's what happened the day I surrendered my finances to Jesus, not having a clue what that meant. But I just said, yes, okay. I'll say yes to that. And then I discovered what it meant in the coming months and weeks and years, and I saw God provide, and it just made my faith go in the area of finances. God isn't looking for tips from us. God isn't saying, you know, I mean, you can correlate it to the reality of Jesus, you've been good to me this week. Let's see what I got. (sighs) Widow's mite. Let's see here. I got how much in my wallet? $7 is yours, Jesus. You're amazing. You know what I'm saying? That's that's not a plan. That's just change. That's why he says, no, give first to the kingdom. Seek first the kingdom, and then all these things will be added to you. That's why he says, give the first tenth of your income. Then all these things, it's this crazy moment. He wants a gift because it shows our heart. A percentage, if you will, or a consistent amount, but have a plan. Not all of you can just jump into 10% giving. It would be bad. You would lose your house, you know? So we got to have a plan. Final thought, thought for God's plan is provision. 1 Timothy 6, 17, command those who are rich in this present world not to be arrogant, nor to put their hope in wealth, which is so uncertain, but to put their hope in God, who richly provides us with everything for our enjoyment. We're either being challenged to provide or challenged to trust provision. When I made the choice to tithe and give 10% of my finances, it did a one 80, 180 degrees, I just, the whole financial thing in my world turned around. I, I experienced that God will protect you, God will bless you. Um, I, I made sacrifices. I stopped shopping. This is funny. I'm aging myself. I stopped using like my Bon Marche credit card to just have the coolest outfits to wear. Um, this is bad but I stopped using a credit card to buy alcohol to provide huge parties for people at my work. Um, I stopped paying for all the meals just to like impress everybody, you know, and drop a few hundred dollars for food and drinks. Just say, on me guys, love you, right? And I was just making, I could not afford to do that, but I would just add a credit card to another credit card to another credit card. And all of a sudden, I started gaining wisdom financially. I started getting smarts. My dad was an accountant. I never got below 100% on a math test. I should have known better. But I didn't. I was just dumb financially. And I started to learn. I started to get educated. But I made some humiliating and humbling choices even then in my life, too. At the age of 21, I moved back in with my parents. It was horrible. I lived in a suite house in Green Lake, but I couldn't pay the rent. What was I doing? 
I wasn't free. I moved out to get free. I was living in bondage. I made horrible choices. I don't hesitate to live generously now because God has blessed over and over again and provided over and over again, and I don't doubt His provision. But 22 years of experience has given me such confidence <laughs> that, that I was like, it's funny, in our communication team meeting, they're all saying, Thad, now, you just make it sound so easy, right? And you got to tone it back because a bunch of people in the room are not where you're at in the area of trusting God with our finances. I was like, oh yeah, that's true. Because honestly, I've just not seen him fail. And even in seasons where like, we're staring down foreclosure. I didn't doubt that he would come through and provide for us. And he did. When you're just trusting him, he, it's incredible. It's not a magic bullet, but it's powerful. Matthew 6, 25 through 30, what precedes the verses we opened with says this. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life, whether you have enough food or drink or enough clothes to wear. Isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field, how they grow. They don't work or make their clothes. Yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautiful as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today, thrown into the fire tomorrow, he'll certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? Here's the challenge. Well, really, I'm giving it right over to you the way I got it. The action point today is live generously. Or maybe worded differently, surrender your finances to God. And you might not be able to put a plan to it today, but that's the challenge, is to go away from here and seek a plan. We've been giving you the resources uh, over the course of the last few weeks during the Things You Need to Know video, which will play here in a second again, or we, we verbalized it last week. It's on the bottom of the connection or the, the outline if you're following through on the app or online. But a great tool to help you make a plan is the financial money makeover. That's a great, great financial piece. University is a great resource. But here's what you need to do. Four easy steps to live generously, I guess you could say, that we've hit on during the course of this. Evaluate where you're at Determine where you want to go, create a plan for the future, and follow God's plan in that. How can you work your way into God's plan? What step will you have to take today to get there? And I want to pray for your choices. And I want to pray for your stresses financially. I want to pray for your worries, because I get it. I was weeping in my room when they were knocking on the door and asking for the rent. I get it. It, it, I was weeping when confronted about our lack of finances in my life. Wanting to be that provider of a husband and knowing the day would come where we'll be way financially blessed. But right now we're in a season where we're laying seed. 
So it's just, I want to pray for your worries. And I'm, my prayer is that you walk out from here today free. Like, yeah, maybe you still have thousands and thousands of dollars in debt. Maybe you owe thousands and thousands of dollars in taxes. Or maybe you have so much money that today you're going, why am I blowing this? And so you're on the opposite side. You're worrying about how you're wasting. I don't know where you're at, but I want to pray for you that today when you walk out from here, finances isn't a weird subject. It's one we can do life through, encourage one another through, and watch God be faithful through, therefore give him all the praise. So God, I thank you for the opportunity you give us to surrender. We mess up. We're weak. We give in to our wants. We've redefined need with want. But yet, God, you provide for us. You come through. You show us how to follow you. And even in this area of finances in our life. So today, God, I pray for deep surrender. I pray for the person who's looking at the bills and cannot pay them. God, would you shock them with provision? And maybe that provision looks like a delay. They'll wait a month. They'll give them another two months. Or they'll provide through the company and it's going to take humility and, and humbling to get the provision. But God, may we stop trusting pride as an accountant in this room. And God, I pray as well for those that you're, you're desiring, you're challenging them today, you're challenging them in the area of provision. You're saying, hey, I've blessed you so much. Think of what kingdom business could happen if you surrender today. God, thank you for the lives that we get to impact through generosity in our community. But God, how many more could we impact? If we just all say, here I am, Lord. Here's my heart. I know that's the transaction you're dealing with me about. And I want to leave with no worry left in my heart financially. I pray for those that are looking at debt that's in the tens of thousands and that you would lift that ceiling. Give them the light at the end of the tunnel. Give them hope again in the area of their finances. You said you'll rebuke the devourer and that we should test you in this. So we come after you. And maybe it's now or maybe it's down here at the altar when we dismiss today and pray with people one-on-one -on -one for breakthrough in their finances. God, I don't know, but may you give them breakthrough this week. Maybe it's even in the plan. Come, give us freedom in the area of our finances. We surrender them to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for joining us today. If you have questions about anything you heard during this talk or have a prayer request, you can fill out the connection card on our app or online at openlife.church. If you'd like to join the mission of Open Life with a financial gift, you can do this quickly and securely through the app by pressing the Give button at the bottom or on our website by clicking on the Giving tab. Open Life wouldn't exist without the consistent and generous giving of people like you. Finally, it's great that you had the chance to listen on the app, online, or through our podcast. But have you ever thought about joining us for a service? We meet every Sunday at Bonnie Lake High School at 10 a.m. This way you can put a face to the voice you've been hearing through your ears. Thanks again for joining us today. Have a great rest of your week.